Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Technically, as we're recording this, it was August 1st yesterday, so we're getting into full swing of things, getting ready for the start of school year. Hope you guys are, too. You're not dreading the... I actually saw a meme on Facebook today, and it was like said something like, I'm just a teacher standing in front of the calendar, standing in front of August 1st, wishing it was July 1st. Yes, serious. Wishing it more. Although, yeah, I, it's definitely still been pretty busy for us this summer. We've had kind of a busy summer, but it's been nice, like, in the office, not running around, tons of IEPs. Yeah, that's probably the better of the... And then I forget that there are some year-round schools, because... We were talking to somebody, and they were like, oh, yeah, school started two weeks ago. And I was like, wait, what? No, we're in uh, What? I thought it was, like, the end of August for a second. I was like, no, we just got to. Oh, we have a couple. Yeah, in the next couple weeks, we'll have a couple start. A lot um, start, like, August 20th, so... uh, Get in those last uh, beach days. Hopefully um, you guys are handling the heat. It is starting to get quite warm although not as warm as normally for certain areas and then i hear like warmer than other like i'm going to arizona tonight and normally this time of year august would be like 110 120 but i think it's only like 105 oh okay the other day it was only 95 oh, i was sure. like what yeah i mean 5 10 degrees makes a difference especially in that dry heat so yeah. i mean liam's not gonna like it no Definitely matter not. what he Definitely has not. he's forced to wear these little booties well, that's just to protect him. He just needs to know that. But hopefully, if you guys get in your last kind of vacations, that'll be good. This is just kind of one in a series of different pods that we're releasing that get you into that school spirit. So we actually had two speech and language therapists from Infinity Kids. They're a multidisciplinary pediatric therapy. So they do occupational therapy, physical therapy, and obviously speech and language. They take Cal Optima Medi-Cal. They do a lot with the community. They're fairly new. They're out in Lake Forest. And we were just delighted with Hillary and Kaylee, who also have an emphasis regarding AC devices. So we get into it. We get into it. We do like a little demo. And you'll see if you take a look at our Facebook group. And I think the video is too long for Instagram, but maybe we can finagle it on the stories. Um, You'll see a video of showing the demo. So if you've never seen an AC device, what the programs look like, how they function, take a look at that. It'll be, and we um, explain it on the pod. And so, yeah, we go into kind of the definition of speech, of language, the five subsystems of speech that you know a child needs to have and if one is off you know it makes just language and sometimes even speech more difficult and how they use aided language modeling stimulation so we learned a lot as always that's why we like having the experts in these areas on but especially because AAC was something that we've been trying to find people um, and and what they had mentioned was you know that it's fairly new and I think in terms of it being part of now the curriculum to become with your master's of speech and language pathologist I think in 2020 they said you will have to graduate with a class or training or something right I mean I was so surprised to find out that it's not just yeah yeah but anyway you'll hear all about that and more we talk about some myths about speech and language therapy Mm -hmm. and we hope you enjoy it all right tune in 
Kaylee. I just told you how I was going to say it, and then I messed it up. And Hillary, thank you so much for being on our podcast. We're very excited. We always have a lot of different questions from our podcast listeners regarding speech and language. And before we get into the definition of what is speech and language, let's get into how you guys became speech and language therapists. Okay, well, I'll start since Kaylee has lost her voice a little bit here. I'm Hillary, and I is speech language therapy is my second career. I was in finance for 20 years previous. Oh. Did not like it. <laughs> and my nephew had speech therapy. I guess speech and language therapy is something you don't really know unless you know somebody that's had to have it. Yeah. So it's not something yeah. that is on everybody's radar. Right. right. And it certainly wasn't on mine. So he had speech therapy, and I got to watch this magic happen from a child who wasn't saying anything to talking. And I thought, this is something, wow, it just stayed with me. Mm-hmm. And then when I decided to leave my previous business, I wanted to go and maybe special education, speech. I wasn't sure. But they had my own son, and he was nonverbal. So that really drove the decision and solidified my want, my desire to be a speech-language pathologist. And I really got to see the magic firsthand there. So speech-language Absolutely. therapists, all of them. Like, Were you in very, school very, while your son was getting therapy? So funny thing is I became pregnant with him eight weeks after I enrolled in school. Wow. So I have both my degrees, both of my kids during that time and after. I was in grad school with two young kids. Oh, and Bless your heart. Yes. It, <laughs> it was great, though, because I had a lot of hands-on experience. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I was nailing some of those right. stuff. <laughs> yeah. like, I saw that. I, yeah. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. This is what happens next. Over yeah, there. Yeah. 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 So I understood it. And I think a big part of what I went through as a parent was I had great speech therapists that we worked with, great relationships, and they didn't just treat my kid, they treated me and our family, mm-hmm. because it's hard when you yeah. have a kid who's not talking, and you have all these behaviors, and you're like, what am I doing wrong, and I am helpless, what can I do for my own child? Mm-hmm. That's a terrible feeling as a parent to not be able to meet their needs or help them. So that was huge for me. Yeah, he came out six months after therapy and said, Mama, I was telling her, I said, it was all drama. I literally was on my knees crying in the waiting room. And from there, I was like, this is it. I want to do this for other kids. I want yeah. to do it for other parents. Yeah. So that was a big driving factor yeah. for me, huge. Yeah. I think the component that's often missed is like someone who's told their child needs speech therapy, the idea that what even is it? Like yes. the understanding of what's happening, why the child <laughs> even needs speech therapy in the first place. My best friend, when her daughter was, I think, two, we started assessing and she ended up having speech therapy. And right. I've been in it for so long, I was able to, like, to the best of my ability, I'm not a speech therapist, <laughs> but explain to her, you know, what's going on and, like, why it's needed. And, like, that's not a bad thing. And it's like, look, this is how we're going to, you know, help her get prepared for school and all of this. But I can imagine someone who didn't have any frame of reference. So yeah. it's it's great to hear that there are therapists out there that are just like, hey, no, 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 this is about you too, Absolutely. because it's important. It's a hard road to navigate, just processing that there's something that your child will need that's going to be hard work for them. I mean, that's always really hard, and it's hard to see that work that they have to put in. It's hard, yeah. and it's hard when he would prompt his own face because that's the only way he can mm. get his mouth to move, mm. but he did it, and it right. was a big celebration every time. I still look at old videos of him, and I'm like, wow, that is amazing work that you did because, listen to you, you would never know that he was in speech therapy, and he's amazing, and he did not speak at all. He had open wow. vowel sounds, and that was wow. it. Wow. So um, it's a lot of work. As a parent, I was proactive. I had seen my nephew, but if I didn't have a frame of reference with my nephew and his background of speech, I would have been 
a mess. Lost. But at 12 months, he wasn't battling. I went to the doctor. The doctor said, wait. I said, no. I went to regional center. They came out. Good for you. Said, oh, yes. And then I got him in. So wow. at the 18-month mark, he actually began. And um, he's, he had been in until last year. So wow. about eight years. Yeah. But um, you really don't have a frame of reference. Right. And you, uh, Google's your worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. I Googled yeah. everything under the sun. And then you can project those things on your kid, mm-hmm. too. It's right. not always yeah. the case. And then going to school and learning all these things. I mean, yeah. he's pretty much had yeah. it all. Well, you mentioned <laughs> earlier how you definitely now, being the therapists, are seeing that a lot of doctors are oh, wait and see, wait and see. Yes. And how... It's not the best thing to do, yeah. right? Because the early intervention is so important. Early intervention is key. You know, that plasticity in their brain. Two to five years old, you really want to catch it then, um, especially before school age. But yeah, the wait and see, I don't understand. As a parent, I think you know. Go mm-hmm. with your gut feeling mm-hmm. too. You know your child mm-hmm. best. Fight for him or right. her. So if you really don't see what you think you should see, and you can, you know, I would push. I right. always push. You always want yeah. to advocate for your kid. Unfortunately, sometimes you have to advocate for things you shouldn't have to advocate for. Yeah. 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 And so your son is an example of speech and language services or speech services not needing to be forever, right? A lot of our listeners, they have the same maybe just in a school setting and they're just like not seeing results, right? But with certain differences that we're working on. So your son, for example, he was able to complete a course of work over a span of years and now is not, I mean, obviously as a mom, that's a speech and language pathologist, so I'm sure you're working with him yeah. every day still, but that's an example of it not needing to be forever. Right? Correct, correct. Yeah. Now there are some things because uh, aside from just the speech and language component, there was sensory. So we had some OT, there are some spatial issues still that you know, reminders for their compensatory strategies because, mm-hmm. you know, short-term memory is impacted slightly. So there are things that will always affect him, but you give him compensatory effect, um, and compensatory strategies in every step. So in first through third, he's not going to need much. Four through six, he'll need a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We have a planner in place. We oh, have nice. Visual yeah. schedules. I mean, we do a lot of things that can help him where I know that he needs just a little bit more. I want to set him up for success, obviously, Mm -hmm. and that's the way to do it. So that's what we do in our house. Yeah. And I want to, with that, talk about the different modalities of communication. So one of the reasons that we were really excited to have you guys on was to talk about AAC. So we love to talk in acronyms. Do you want to tell the lovely people what AAC stands for? Kaylee's gonna. <laughs> I'm really excited because Kaylee has an AAC device here, so yeah, um, like yeah. test it yeah, out. She'll, she'll test it out. This is her real voice, though. Now, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Kaylee. I'm a speech language pathologist, and I like love AAC. AAC stands for Alternative and Augmentative Communication. So, using it to supplement or add to speech, or use it in place of speech. Um, that's what that means. So I know you guys came prepared with some myths today to talk about. We're really excited and we were going over these before we started and it's so funny how like these are things that we're told all the time in IEP meetings. So good to clear the air. Well, even with what parents think, and I know the first one you're going where it's like, well, why am I using a device? It's just going to completely take over. And that's not the case, right? Right, right. So the first one is the AAC should be introduced only after giving up all hope of natural speech. And that is a myth only because the research has proven that using an AAC device will not um, prohibit or inhibit natural Mm -hmm. speech. It actually facilitates that. 
we do need to get the child communicating. We do need them to have um, a foundation to build language on. Mm -hmm. And they can't do that if we're just working at like the CV level, constant vowel level. That's not communicating much. We right. want to give them communicative intent. We want to give them a way to um, use their language functionally, socially, and even academically. So communication first is kind of our motto. We understand you want natural speech. We want natural speech. It's mm -hmm. the most efficient. Mm -hmm. um, it's the easiest way to do it. And they would speak if they could speak. Right. So, and until they can speak with natural speech, we need to we need to augment it. So we would give them a device and let them actually have a means of communication. When is there ever really a time <laughs> that we're going to give up all hope that the kid is not going to be able to use verbal speech? I mean, by that standard, probably very few kids would ever... Right? I mean, yeah. you don't want to give up all hope. Right. No, we never give up hope. Like I said, the end goal for everybody is natural speech. I mean, that we want the most efficient means of communication for anybody, and that would be verbal speech. But if you have a child with complex communication needs and they simply don't have a motoric, they don't have the motor for it, or they don't have the planning for it, you know, if we don't give them a means of communication, their communication will become negative behaviors. Mm -hmm. And that's what we'll see is these kids tantruming and the parents mm -hmm. wondering why. It's because mm -hmm. they can't tell you something. They can't tell you what they need or want or don't want, especially. And when she's referring to the, the system, the motoric systems in place, there has to be five. There's five, and they all have to work together. So if one's out of balance, it's going to affect the rest of them. Yeah, so five subsystems of speech. So if you don't have all five of those working at the same time and just one's out, you know, you think of an engine running and mm. one little screw is loose, the whole thing's going to go, right? Yeah, it's not going to yeah. work as efficiently as it should. So that's where we would implement. And it doesn't have to be, everyone thinks, a you know, AAC is automatically device. Um, we use any means of modality. So it could be sign, it could be gesturing, it could be a low tech, which is like a PEX board or a communication board, an eye gaze, it could be a button, mm -hmm. whatever means we need to use and whatever access point they have. Some kids don't have access to their arms or their hands, right. we can use their foot. Right. If they don't have access to anything, but they can scan or they have an eye gaze, we would use an eye gaze. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things out there that should be able to supplement or augment anybody mm -hmm. to communicate in any way, shape or form. Is it gonna be full you know, dialogue or like, it could just be one or two words, but at least they can protest or they can request for those really little kids that are, have to use a switch or something like well, that. Well, it's a focus on getting them to be able to communicate. No matter what way it is, I mean, we've had students who have started learning sign and we fought to get that continued in an IP. <coughs> and I had a school district tell me, well, that's just not functional because they're going to go out in the world and no one's going to be able to sign with them. And it's like, okay, well, that's, <laughs> I'm seeing you already nod your head, no. Yeah, that's a hard one. Now, ASL, they have their own language in the community mm -hmm. for that. So, mm -hmm. you know, I don't have anything negative to say about sign language, but what I mean by AAC is that technically is considered a form of it right. because it is not natural speech, mm -hmm. but it's a different form of communication, yeah. and it works. Now, does everybody understand sign language? No. But that's why I think with the devices, the speech generating devices specifically, people look to those because everyone will understand that. Right. You know, right. And I know that with speech, you're looking at, you know, can they physically move their mouth, the motor, right? Because language is in and of itself, we talk that a lot about 
children with autism needing speech and language services, but it's mostly the language component, the pragmatics, like the requesting, the engagement, and things like that. Understanding but, the sound system also. Exactly. Phonology, basically understanding every single sound we make carries meaning. Mm-hmm. If you change that sound, it changes the meaning of whatever mm-hmm. you're saying. So, I mean, and that's phonology, but then you have endings, word endings. Are you changing mm-hmm. it from present to past to the future? <laughs> Um, all of those kind of things yeah, that directly impact, and that's language that has nothing that's to do language. with language. Yeah, and language is something that we work on specifically the same way we would with a natural, naturally speaking mm-hmm. child. We work on language the same with an AAC device. It's not mm-hmm. different. It's the same. Mm-hmm. It's language is the same. Hierarchy is the same. And with the device, like, can you give an example of, or I guess we have an example, so we'll get to that. But uh, did you want to go into another myth? We'll sure. get into the examples. Next. The introduction of AC reduces motivation to work on speech. Again, research shows that it correlates with improved natural speech or Mm -hmm. facilitates that. I think that, like we said before, if the child could speak, they would. And can you imagine how frustrating that must be that you have Mm -hmm. all these things you want to say and you can't? And someone's really trying to say, I don't want to hear it on here. I want you to say it. Mm-hmm. I want you to say mm-hmm. it. That's frustrating. That's really yeah. If you just can't do it, you can't do it. So we have to respect that boundary with the child letting us know. And if they're using it successfully, they're using it successfully. Right. They're communicating successfully. Yeah. It's not about what we want, but it's about what the child wants and what they can do. Mm-hmm. So I think oftentimes we have an ideal in our minds and we kind of have to move past that. And everything's a small victory. One hit, mm-hmm. and they get it right, and that's what they wanted, and they get what they wanted. That's a big deal. Yeah. You know, and it's cause for celebration every single time. So I think that's a big important thing. Colin Kaylee wants to say something. <laughs> yeah. Everybody just, quiet down. <laughs> you just touched on the point of, the, like, multimodal communicators, and we are all multimodal yes. communicators. We email, we text. Yes. But I'm not going to go up to you and ask you to read your email to me. Right. <laughs> right. Um, right. That's just what kind of... Yeah. That's so true. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. Like, you text me, can you read that to me now? Yep. Can you say it out loud? You know, why? That's yeah. just... It works the we same way. Yeah. We get across. The, your message comes across. It came across. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Give me a <laughs> This is my favorite. A young child is not ready for AAC. False. Mm-hmm. Any which way you say that, it's false. We have kids that we teach baby signs to. Right. They don't communicate, but we're right. giving them a mm-hmm. communication. It's not natural speech. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's as early as six, eight months. Yep. Very or if we know, like, if we, the child has a medical condition, we know that mm-hmm. progress for speech is going to be slow, and we, we uh, once again, want to emphasize the language and the communication mm-hmm. first. We will introduce it. Or um, I had a couple of kids who are more medically fragile who, need, who had traits, and so mm-hmm. they weren't, they could probably talk one day but their system was over right. so we needed to help them now like right. we're gonna just wait until mm-hmm. they got their passing year valve and like we're wasting time yeah. by right. by doing right. that they're, when they have needs requests or, protests yeah. that need to be right. known now yeah. right or comments yeah or comments yeah Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, processing is a big thing. You don't have to have a negative behavior. You can use words, and we can use it in a right now in this way. But for instance, you know, I have an example of someone who just turned two, and she came in, and the second visit, I was like, let's just put her on a system. We've got to get her. She doesn't have any communication. She says maybe two sounds, one consonant, one vowel for everything, and that's not effective communication. Mm -hmm. Mom can anticipate needs, but anybody past mom. Nobody knows what she might want. And mom still guesses. It's yeah. still a guess. And it has to be in context. Right. In the environment she's in, it can't mm-hmm. be something like she thought about 
you know, what we right. did yesterday was so fun, it's going to sound the same. So, and they take to that. They take to it really quickly. And it's it's motor planning. Well, so our brain just, is a sponge. Why aren't we taking advantage right. of it? That's what we say earlier. I mentioned yes. is so worthwhile, especially with, like, communication. If we can, if the behaviors are very small now, let's prevent the behaviors yeah. from getting worse. Because then now you not only have a communication problem, but you have a behavior <laughs> problem as well. Right. Yes. And then that looks differently mm-hmm. when you're looked at and you're evaluated mm-hmm. because exactly. the yep. you're looked at differently. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, hmm, they're not what ready. else can mm-hmm. be going on? Mm-hmm. What, and then all of these other labels might come up exactly. and it may not be the case. It may just be that they are unable to communicate and they are mad mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Frustrated. So, and this is what gets attention and this is mm-hmm. what gets you know their needs met is by screaming it may not be the need they were looking for but somebody's going to pay attention and that's yeah. the thing it may not be what they actually need but you're paying attention and right <clears throat> so early on with babies the only form of communication is crying and you know yeah. fussing and and even when they start to learn how to smile that's a mode of commit oh you're happy you know mm-hmm. and sometimes they're just smiling to smile you know mm-hmm. when they're three weeks old and you get a smile and parents are like they're smiling at it. you know it's just like oh well, that's- but you attach meaning well, of so course. That's, yeah, that's of course. Exactly yeah. But you attach meaning to it. And we expect so much from children in the sense of they may have some delays. But And we were talking about this, you know, we expect at one year old that one years old, one year old, a uh, one year old will have one word, two yes. words. So expectations, managing expectations of parents. But oftentimes the expectations and the labels are what we are fighting in terms of what this child can do. She can look at you. She can smile. She can grab parents' mm-hmm. arm. And those are all forms of commu- Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but they're not ready for a device. And it's like, what? Right. And we have that cause and effect. Like if you press go, the toy is going to go. If I hit go, this means go. If Mm -hmm. I hit go, it means Mm -hmm. we're going to go home. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we do those all. We try to make it as natural as possible, make the environment in that. If we have certain words we're working on, like go and stop, then obviously we're going to get a car. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to go home. Or we're going to stop now, Mm -hmm. stop speech session, and we're going to go home. Mm -hmm. Music, stop and go with the music, a toy, that button that Mm -hmm. lights up, and then we stop it. So we are always doing things like that. So they understand, oh, if I hit this, something happens. Mm-hmm. Right. And we try to make that something happen. It, it needs to attach to whatever symbol we're having them, you know. Mm-hmm. So push is obviously we're going to push the chair. We're going to push mm-hmm. a button. We're going to push this, you know. So it's all a way of teaching these core words. And these are words they're going to use all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Open, go, mm-hmm. stop, no, mm-hmm. you know, want, more, and mm-hmm. play, eat, drink. Those are words that we use all throughout the day in every environment. So those are the words that we would want to do. So if you want to eat, if they bring a snack, eat. Okay, well, that's great. And eat might open into a menu and then they can tell us, or a folder and tell us which things they want to eat. Mm-hmm. And then we can hand it to them right at that moment so they know, oh, okay, so that meant I was going to get my banana. Mm-hmm. So can we do a little trial of the AC? Kaylee, it's your time to shine. (laughs) What I was thinking is while you're showing us how it works, I'll take a video and we can post it on our Facebook group so people can go back and look. So before we do this, I do have to say, and I do have to mention to communication partners that we do have to allow time. You need patience. There is a lag while they build their sentence or their whatever their utterance is going to be, mm-hmm. it is not as fast as natural speech, right. which is why natural speech is always the goal, most efficient. Mm-hmm. 
but we do have to allow for that time. And now we have kids that have processing. They have to process what they want. Then they have to put it out. Same thing with kids. We tell them, think before you speak. <coughs> well, they need to think, then they need to type, and then they hit the button to speak. So we do have to give a lot of time. And um, it's not like really a drill session. It's more like every now and then you're going to get the hit. Right. But we're always modeling it. So And they're making, you know, the cause and effect, the different categories. Like exactly. they're still trying to build that. It's not like they're preverbal or nonverbal and right. all of a sudden you give them a device and they're just chatting up no. a store. Like it you need to teach them we that. Need it. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's multiple at least and we see that a lot with some kids that may have cognitive delays and sure. they don't speak and <laughs> then we get them a device or we start giving them different services and then we redo or we have a school psychologist that does the correct types of assessments and then oh i guess their average cognitive ability so that's another one of the myths that there's no prerequisite to their cognitive level Mm. um i don't think it's on there but they do not have to have a specific cognitive level okay the child with severe cognitive deficits cannot learn to use an aac system false (laughs) They're capable of learning and they're capable of benefiting from it. Yes, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So it's impossible to predict because, again, most of those tests, like we talked about earlier, yep. they're not standardized right. based off kids right. of certain populations. Right. So it's dynamic assessment, especially with complex communication needs. Yes. It has to be a dynamic. It's going to go on for a while. You're going to trial things. It's going to be trial and error, mm-hmm. and you're going to continue to expose, give them the input. And our expectations for output, they have to be the same you would for a naturally speaking child. Mm-hmm. We don't expect our kids to say their first words until 12 months worth of input. Right. So we can't put those same demands. Right. Matter of fact, there is a quote from Jane Corson. The average 18-month-old has been exposed to 4,380 hours of oral language at a rate of eight hours a day from birth. Mm-hmm. A child who has a communication system, or AAC, respe- receives speech and language therapy two times a week for 20 to 30 minutes <laughs> will reach the same amount of language exposure in their AAC language in 84 years. 84 <laughs> years. That hurts to hear, doesn't it? Wow. It hurts to hear. So, so we have to be patient. And it's not going to be something that happens overnight. Right. It's not, not going to be that happens. It's not going to happen times two times 30 minutes also. Yeah, not exactly. two times 30. So, we expect communication partners are also part of it. It's a team. We teach the parents and the mm-hmm. communication partners mm-hmm. to use it. If you use it, they use it. So we're constantly modeling the use throughout the day and across environments. And parents need to because if you don't use it, you lose it. And if the child is at school eight hours a day and then, you know, obviously is at home is asleep part of that time, but they're not using it, then right. what, you know, and that, that's but so important. if they important. don't see you using it, they're exactly. not motivated either. They're not so like, motivated. oh, mom pushed the button This for is only banana. a school I thing. I that too. Mm-hmm. I want a banana too. Mm-hmm. Eat banana. You know, mm-hmm. they, they need to see you use it. Yeah. Otherwise, right. it's something different just yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. And there's a quote, input drives output. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Input drives output for natural speech too. Uh, yeah, it's the same. Oh, it's same, it's same <laughs> model. Yeah. Same exact model. Okay, so you can tell us that in uh, Kaylee's using Words for Life, 84. Okay, so which program okay. is this? Um, this is LAMP Words for Life by PRC. This is the full vocab 84 without a key guard. I like key guards, so. What's a key guard? A key guard is something that would be on here so that each little button would have its own little spot. Mm. Okay. Um, it makes it faster. I'm much faster with the key guard. <laughs> Most of our kids are, even if they don't have any type of physical or fine motor. Preventiveness hits. Basically, yeah. it's raised grid. 
Yeah. So yeah. instead of just the lines, it's raised. Your finger slips in the groove. Um, so you get some tactile input as well. Yeah. See, there was a mishit. <laughs> so this is the main, the first screen. Yes, this that is the main screen. See, so you open up. Right. Yeah. This was the program. This is how it opened. Um, you can hide things. I so there's know little pictures, is. and then you clicked on one, Ooh, and it opens up. And while we're training, we can mask, so yeah. it's not so overwhelming. So overwhelming, yeah. For having us. Thank you for having us. You're we welcome. Usually. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're welcome. We usually then mask. Then respond. That's Let's the thing, see, right. is we need to be natural. And right, natural, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so each so time that like you... That like a, okay, so a, mask, a child yeah. who's learning might have more, more simpler vocabulary. Absolutely. Yeah. But everything less is choices. in the same spot. If um, they have attention issues, they might have less choices, so there's not right. as much to And the word is decipher. being said out loud from the device so that they're hearing yeah, want, right. and then you can say it in a whole so sentence, which is important. when we're teaching children with AAC devices, the speech-generating devices, they need to hear the output from this mm-hmm. the same they would hear. Otherwise, they're having mismatched one. output, right? Mm-hmm. They're hearing only the adult speak or right. in natural speech. And then they're expected to do it in a speech-generated device speech. Yeah. So the, they call that aided language modeling. So we would give it to them both ways. So we would say it verbally, and we would model on the device so they get both modes of input. Aided language simulation, aided language modeling. Here's a different one. Oh, okay. This is touch chat with word power. So that one has a little bit less detail. Seems a, a little bit simpler. Different symbol set. And I'm sure it takes some kiddos that... They're higher cognitively, may not like the more complex. They might get quicker on this one. So that's the thing is we can't, so there's not really like a test that would tell us which device. What we do is we trial two to three, Mm -hmm. and the child determines Determines, which one. So whatever they're most successful on Mm -hmm. is the one that we would probably Mm -hmm. go with. And some things are more intuitive than others and for that child. And so some of them have like folders, you were saying. So like this one, I'm having to go down pretty deep. Yeah, so the, depending on the amount of hits and is how efficient a system is. So, mm. for instance, the first one we used, we like that system because it's based off of a treatment approach called LAMP, which is Language Acquisition Through Motor Planning. Okay. That screen is never going to change. Go is always going to be where Go is. Ah. Uh, Stop is always going to yes, be there. okay. So that they, that just like our screen. keypad, it's okay. like yeah, yeah. words mm-hmm. when we type. If somebody switches it up, right, right, right. Right. Oh, screen. Lord. Yeah. 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 Sorry. So, and, and then this, you're showing if... They are not able to find the word. I can use, like, the find word feature. And at times it's predictive, right? (laughs) Press the button. Yes, so there is predictive when it's text, Mm -hmm. and that's pretty much the only time you would see that. Word for Life, they have keyboards with predictive. You can put that on there. Yeah. But you can see it's time-consuming. Yeah. And as a communication partner, you want to kind of make it as smooth as possible or as just communicating like you would with somebody who's using natural speech and responding to them in the same way. And we'll take a picture of the device as well because it has these cool little grips um, on the <laughs> side that I can, that yeah. Oh, did you? We yeah. just saw that from another speech therapist. We follow a bunch of Instagram accounts. Nice, so yeah. A big community of AAC therapists and any other ideas, we're always DMing each other, hey, did you see this one? Yeah. Check this one out. Yeah. This case was on Amazon for 16 bucks. Not and I was bad. like, it's perfect. It has a kickstand. It ha- yeah, I was going to say it has a little leash. Or not leash, yeah. I guess a little hanger strap. strap. Thank you. So, and then handles. Yeah, um, yeah. very kid-friendly. Very, very kid-friendly. And then I can put the kickstand up, and it's easy nice. for everyone to look at right. sitting on the floor and playing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. 
We are so thankful that you guys came by, especially with the AAC device, and were able to shed a bit more light onto a lot of different things that parents are taking into consideration, but don't really know, you know, that they're within their communities, they're hearing different things and bringing the myths and busting them. That was perfect because so often the parents get stuck, right? And like you said, Google's your worst, right? I mean, you could find whatever thought you have, you could find something on Google, right? And I'm not throwing these people under the bus, but if you are, you know, if you think that the world is flat, there's a flat earth you'll society, find you'll find it, right? Yeah, and so like, yeah, <laughs> so it's really happy. I know we made you forced you to talk <laughs> but we want to thank Hillary and Kaylee again for coming on and we hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you have any follow-up questions please let us know and then maybe we'll have you guys back on again sometime soon <laughs> all right thanks, thanks. We'll talk to you later bye